Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is so awesome when the fellowship is just going on so much that it's hard for for the the message to even start. What that what that shows me is everyone here has the heart of God that you love each other. Amen. 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 It is such an opportunity or a blessing uh, from God to to be here with y'all this morning. Please keep uh, Pastor and his wife in in prayer and uh, that they didn't have so much fun (laughs) that they stay. We need them back. (laughs) We want them to come back and and come back just supercharged and and ready to go and to help take all of us through their word and their inspiration and their guidance to that next level with Christ. Amen? You know, um, you heard me talk about this a few times uh, uh, over the past few months, whether it's here or in the study groups, but there is a room full of miracles right here. And there's one that I had an opportunity and a blessing and to just be a part of. We got a call that said, uh, hey, my, my mom's in the hospital and, and they don't think she's going to make it. And, you know, she has covid and uh, been a couple of months at the time. She's in the hospital on a on a ventilator, and and you know normally if you put on one, your chances go way down of surviving. And and said, can you can you go and pray with her? <clears throat> and I said, sure. And and so the son gets there, and they wouldn't even let him go in there at the time because they had just finished in- incubating her. And and so he calls me and says, man, you can't go in. And I said, well, God will work it out. And he, he talks with them, and, and against all protocols and everything else, a couple of weeks later, I was able to, to go in, and, and I went in, and the nurse comes up, because they just let me in the whole hospital until I get right up to the uh, COVID ward, and the nurse kind of stops me and says, are you family? And I kind of looked, and I guess from the scared look on my face, she goes, are you the pastor? I said, yes. <laughs> and she goes, okay. Uh, you know, the, the son told me that you were coming, and, and I'm in my mind, I'm hoping, I hope they know which one, right? I'll be praying to all of them, but uh, <laughs> so go in there, and they made me put all this the, the stuff on, this gown and goggles, and I felt like, you know, Darth Vader at the end of it, you know, you know just there and, and glo- just everything, you know, a little thing over my ball head, I'm like, <laughs> but so I went in, and as I went in, they, they shut the glass doors behind me, you know, you know, like, oh, right? And so I'm in there, and, and she's, um, they have her on her belly uh, for 23 hours, and then they flip over for an hour and, uh, for, for treatment purposes. And, you know, incubated, and the nurse says, you know, she, she can't hear you. Um, I said, well, can, can she under? She says, well, you know, I know they tell you, you know, that, Feel free to talk. Maybe they can hear you. Maybe they can't. But um, we have her on so much uh, painkiller and everything else. You know, she won't. And so she leaves, and I'm sitting there just all by myself in this room is how I feel, right? And, and I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at all the machines, and, and I know nothing of what the machines are doing and the noise they're making and the beep beeps and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, Lord. And so I did what... What I love to do, but can't do very good, I start singing. And then I would pray, 
And then I would sing. Then I'd pray some more. I'd sing. And I'd pray some more. And it's like each time I'd get a little louder and a little bolder. And, and, and you know, I wanted to make sure that she could hear me over the machines, you know. And I grabbed her hand, uh, you know, because her hand was kind of kind of like this, and I grabbed her hand, and I was, was praying, and I said, Wendy, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm not speaking to your ears. I'm speaking to your spirit right now. And I said, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I can just come against this COVID. I come against whatever, you know, cold disease, flu, or virus that is in her body. And I call it dead in Jesus' name. And I command her lungs to, to dry up and to her to start breathing well and for, for everything that these machines measure to, to start coming back to normal. And, and, you know, and I just, I didn't know what to, I just go in and go in. And then I'd sing some more and I'd pray some more. And then I got to the point and I said, you know what? The last thing your son said, go save my mom. So I said, I, I want to make sure you know Jesus. I said, Jesus Christ died for you, took all your sins and all your shame and hung on the cross for you. And he took the stripes so that you may be healed. And if you know this, Jesus, if you want to know this, Jesus, just squeeze my hand. And I felt this, this tiniest just squeeze. And the, right? I should just say, get up and walk! Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it probably would have happened. I <laughs> so I started praying, you know, some more. And, and I said, do you believe, you know, I just walked her through in Romans Road. And I probably messed it up because I was crying in there. I was praying because when she squeezed my hand, I didn't know what to do, you know, except fall to the throne. Finished praying and, and you know, she, three different times, three she squeezed my hand. Got a little, just a little. And I mean, after the first time, you know, the second one, I was like, Lord, I'm going to ask her again, just in case. She squeezed it again. So I was done praying. My heart just filled so, so much joy because I knew what had just been imparted. And so I walk out, and, and the nurse that I didn't realize was stood outside the the glass door, she was, she was crying, and I said, can I pray for you? And I prayed for her. And then some other nurses were standing there, and they didn't have a mask on. They didn't have clothes. I just walked out. I'm like, can I pray for you? Like, yeah. Man, so I'm praying for them, right? <laughs> you know, and so I left. You know, I, she, they go, you could take that off now. I'm like, okay. And just, right? <laughs> and I walked out of there just, just on fire, man. And everybody, I'm so like, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray? Right? <laughs> and just so excited. And I got out, and and I tried calling her son, and, and then I sent him a text. and said, man, I just want you to know what happened and everything. And, and I was expecting her like a, you know, wow, nothing and nothing. And I'm like, Lord? Well, he was at work, right? So it took, it took him a while to respond. But a long story short, if everybody just looked this way, and Wendy in the red sweater right there. Amen. <laughs> hey, as the doctor said, Whew. yes, Whew. 
And that's her son, Stefan, and his whole family there, and right up here. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. First time I saw her out of the hospital, she had a walker and, and oxygen. Second time I saw her was at the Faith Fest, and all she had was oxygen to walk her. And as you see today, healed whole. Her grandson said, hey, she's 10 years younger than she's ever been. She's getting stronger, and I think she's going to keep getting younger, so if she gets out of hand, you know, right? <laughs> but praise God, we serve a great and mighty God. Amen? And this God, whoo, yes, yes. Amen, amen. This God doesn't want us to struggle. This God, when I say struggle, is no matter what you're going through, that can be a struggle inside. You can be set free. Her body remained a few days on those machines, but every day they just said, man, this is improving, this is improving, this is improving. And Stefan, uh, her son would say, well, what are you doing? Nothing. Just, and the doctor's like, I don't know, but she's just getting better. No explanation. And then they said, we're just going to take her off the defibrillator or whatever that is. <laughs> not, not that, but we're going to take her off. <laughs> and they took her off. She can't breathe in and her oxygen is going up. And, you know, they said, there's no other explanation that it's a miracle. This is the type of God we serve. I'm done. <laughs> One more. Listen, okay. Continue on what Pastor has been taking us through this, this awesome series, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as, as, as I have and, and seeing it. And when he asked me, he said, man, I want... Want you, I'm going to be gone in a couple months, and here's the date. And I'm like, cool. He goes, you want to preach? I'm like, okay. You know, and because uh, listen, you know what? I love this, but I love serving our pastor, you know, behind the scenes, if you will, and helping him out. This is, is just, this is awesome. It's cool, but, but I'm called to, to serve him, right? And then in, in, in doing so, to serve you, pray for you and be with you and, and get a lot of one-on-one -on -one contact that pastor is, you know, can't do because he's at the top of the mountain. Okay, so uh, when I get up here, it's an honor and privilege to stand in the, the place of his anointing and uh, share what he's been feeding into me and, and all the staff and, and volunteers and leaders, you know, that we have there. So continue to pray for him uh, as they have safe travels back. But he said, uh, uh, this is the date and I want you to preach. I'm okay. He goes, this is what I want you to preach on. And I looked and it was called the prison test. And he goes, oh, that works out, doesn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, okay, man. <laughs> like, I get you. I get you. <laughs> but listen, he didn't plan it. He just goes, I'm going to be gone here. He goes, that'll be week. And he went, shoo, shoo, shoo. week five, number of grace. And he called the prison test. So totally by God, through his instruction. So here I am. Pain to purpose through the prison test. Let's break down some walls. Let's break some chains today. Genesis 39, 13 through 23. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside. And of course, he is talking about Joseph. And he had um, had a rough life up to this point, as we have heard about. And, and he has a problem. And it's called a coat problem right? Because the first coat he got that he wore in many colors made him so jealous that his, he went out to tell his brothers and, and to take some cheese to him, you know, whatever. And uh, they threw him in a big pit 
And then they thought, well, we just can't leave him here to die. We got we to gotta make father think that he was dead. So they took his coat off and tore it up in shreds, dipped it in blood, and took it to the father. And the father was just in mourning. It's like, surely a beast has, has devoured him. And, and so, you know, then they sold him to some gypsies, and, and he was sold into slavery. He came to, to Potter's, Potiphar's house, and now he's at Potiphar's house. And he has risen to, to power in, in Potiphar's house, God showed him such favor that everything Potiphar had was, was Joseph. Every time that jo- everything that Joseph touched was blessed in such a way that Potiphar benefited from it. And it says that he had so much that he didn't even know what he need- had. He just knew the, the food was in front of him, right? And I can just imagine him walking around the town with Joseph and, and, and Potiphar and be like, man, uh, that's awesome. And it's yours. Oh, wow, that's a nice piece of property. It's yours. Right? Then he's like, oh, right. Because Joseph, he just kept multiplying and multiplying Potiphar through Joseph. And yet Joseph was still a slave. And then we see this, you know, once again, you know, as we're going through this story, and, and now Potiphar's wife is holding a coat that he had left because he didn't do, as Pastor pointed out, you know, last week that, that, uh, she's like, hey, come here. Can I talk to you? And he's like, okay. Right? Uh-uh. He should have said, no, wait, wait, hold on. Help. <laughs> God said, hey, she wants to talk to me. But he didn't. He, he opened up, gave Satan and the world just what they need, right, to, to get you. So she says, lie with me. And he says, hey, I can't do this. I'm out. He takes the run. She grabs his coat. His coat stays, right? So this is the second coat. Can you imagine if it ever got cold there? And, he'd be like, and they're like, hey, you need a coat? No, get behind me, Satan, right? Do not give me any more coats. <laughs> okay? It wasn't a coat problem. But here we are. Had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, see, he, meaning her husband Potiphar, has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me to rape me. And I cried out with a loud voice. I mean, she is lying from the get-go. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when the master heard these words with his wife, uh, which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison in a place where the king's prisoners were confined and (laughs) he was there in the prison. And I love that. That's like a double thing. Like, you've told us twice. You're in prison. Anyway, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And if you track this out through all the scripture, not just this story, and the Lord was with. Good study for you to do. You can cheat by Googling how many times there's a word with with in the Bible, right? But you can see it and go to all these stories. And you think, man, these are bad stories. But guess what? Even in the hard times, when it seems the worst, the Lord was with The Lord was with in the hospital. The Lord was with when the lions were going to eat me. The Lord was with when everything around me was so hot, even the people near me got burned up 
the Lord was with. But my problems are so big, they're giants. The Lord was with. See, this is the type of God we serve. The Lord was with. And a giant seemed big and the fire seemed hot. Mm. I, see, I almost want to go into a rap. Where's George? Okay. <laughs> but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave his favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So here he goes, falsely accused into the prison. That can produce anger. You ever been falsely accused of something? Then thrown in prison, separated from your family? Does something to a guy. And yet, the Lord was with. See, he knew the Lord before he went. And here he is in prison, glorifying God, worshiping God. The Lord was with him. And what did he do? The Lord continued to do what he had always done in his life up until this point, even with his mistakes, showed him favor. That the warden says, hey, I mean, think about this. You're such a good prisoner. <laughs> that one puts you in charge over everybody else, okay? You do my job, I go, you know, I'm out. Showed him favor. Everything he said, his hand to prosper. He ministered to all the other prisoners that were there. Even, even too, you know, Joseph is called a, a type of Christ throughout Scripture, and there's lots of those, but the, it brings out, and this is really gets kind of personal here, that here Joseph, as he was ministering while in prison, had the opportunity to minister to a baker and a butler, right? And he ministered to the, to the baker, and, and what he told the baker, you know, was basically, uh, hey, there's no rising in your future, right? And Okay, see, the first message got that. He was a baker. They chopped his head off, and he did, okay? He, he, you're going to be dead, dude. You're going to be decapitated. You're done, all right? But to the butler, he was going to be promoted, right? But then he tells the butler, he says, hey, remember me. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's, let's keep going here. He found, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph and all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Woo. Now, I want to tell you real quick, um, there, this sort of happened. Like, not, this really happened here, right? In Brazil, real life, true story, Google it, uh, duck, duck, go it, okay? The, that over in Brazil, you can uh, go there, there was a prison that was so... Uh, dangerous that was so bad the guards didn't want to work there guards were being killed shipped out from there on a daily basis okay it was just a terrible terrible prison so the christians in that community said you know hey let us uh and it was the catholic church but anyway the christians in that community said hey let's go in here and start and they're like hey you're crazy you know that we're taking guards out of there. There's so many escaping on a daily basis. What they did, they took the National Guard and surrounded it. And all they would do is they just sat there and whoever tried to escape, they would just shoot and kill. Boom. Right? Because it was just that bad of a prison. So they, Christians started taking the word of God in there. And after a certain amount of time, no one was trying to escape. No one was getting killed. And then it became one of the most popular prisons around where guards wanted to work there. And National Guard left and no one escaped. You got to such a good point that when someone else was arrested and they went to court and they were sentenced to prison, they were, they were brought to the prison. Guess who answered the door? 
the prisoners, right? Open up and said, welcome, <laughs> right? And they, they had the keys, and they let them in. They shut the door, and they said, listen, all that stuff that you just used to do on the outside, you can't do in here any longer. And it wasn't because it was prison. Because let me tell you, guess what? If you go to prison today and you do drugs, you know what you can also do in prison? Drugs. If you go into prison today and you're a thief, guess what you can still do? Steal. If you go to prison and you have a lust problem because you rape people or whatever else, guess what you can still do in prison? You're the same, right? So prison is just, listen, and you think, man, that's, you ever heard this? Prison is where they lock up all the bad people. Guess what? Prison is a reflection of what's already in society. They used to be your neighbors. They used to be your friends. They used to, right? Okay. So anyway, <laughs> all right, that the word of God started changing so much that the prisoners got control. They didn't take control. They got control. And that became one of the greatest churches where pastors left that prison and started ministries in all of Brazil. Chuck Colson went there, was inspired by that, saw what happened, and started the world's largest, largest prison ministry that's in every uh, state in the United States and 120 different countries, and it's still in today from that. God can change a prison. He can change your life. Amen. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Romans 5 Three three, three through five. And not only that, but we also glory. Mm. We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Now, this glory here, used 138 times right here in this context in Scripture, okay, means hadah in the Hebrew, which means glory. And if you want to say, okay, what does that mean? Adam and Eve were surrounded by the presence of God. They're surrounded by the hadah in the Old Testament. But when they sinned, that was listed, lifted, and they're like, ha, I'm naked. And it's like, dude, you're always naked. You just didn't know because you were surrounded by the glory of God. And I hope that you get that. So what does that mean? They're like, oh, I'm naked. They always were. When you're surrounded by the glory of God, it matter not your condition, clothed, unclothed, because you're walking in that blessing that nothing else will matter because it's all about him until they sin. That's what's used here, glory, hadah. But here, two times, it means to rejoice. So think about this. And not only that, but we also rejoice in tribulations. <laughs> now, see, tribulation isn't something bad that happens that you need a little patience for. Like patience, you need patience at Walmart, right? You go, you know, you just finish shopping, right? And you, you got your basket full, unless you just got your stimulus check, then you got two baskets full, right? And you're going and you go to checkout. There's 22 checkout lines. One's open. The rest of them, they say, self-checkout. Well, if I wanted to do it myself, I would have got online, right? So, and you're waiting in your line and you're like, I'm going to do it myself because I'm pretty good at, bat, you know, at sacking, right? Me and my wife cannot sack at the same time. Hang on, beep, you're not doing it right now, anyway, okay. Right, so you're behind this person and, you know, and it's supposed to go, you know, beep, sack, beep, sack, beep, sack, beep, sack, sack, basket, beep, sack, right? No, uh-uh, it goes beep, cart. 
cart. <laughs> Beep, sack, no! Right, so you're sitting there waiting. That's patience. <laughs> okay, that's a lack of patience, right? But being in a line will help you build patience, right? But we're supposed to rejoice in tribulation. Tribulations is, I, I did nothing wrong but I'm in prison. My mother has nothing, done nothing wrong, and yet she's in the hospital. I've done nothing wrong, but I've been fired from my job, let go. We can make up all these circumstances. No, I mean, not make them up, but think about all these situations that cause long-lasting trouble. How long? For Joseph, it was 13 years for Abraham, it was 13 years. For Paul, it was 13 years that he had to spend in the city of Antioch before he went on his first missionary journey. Can you imagine how that is? That would be like telling pastor, hey, I love you, preach, uh, Pastor Nathan, but um, you can't preach again for 13 years. He'd be like, he would explode, right? He would. He'd be like, I got all this stuff, Lord. Yeah, right? Can you imagine Paul? Paul's like, hey, you knocked me off my donkey. You saved me. You turned my life around. And now I got all that. I want to go tell everybody. You got to wait 13 years. Well, I guess I'll start right here. Right? Can I go? No. Can I go? No. Abraham, 13 years. Now, I want you to look to, you know, in Scripture, 13 is a blessed number. The world calls 13 a cursed number. You figure it out. <laughs> And you think, well, 13, 13 years, is that all? And someone say, man, I've been dealing with this for longer. How much longer? Hey, you want to talk about Abraham was 25 years? I think I said 13. Abraham was 25. Well, it's been longer than that. Moses was 40. Can I get to 40? Can I get to 40? Go to 50, 50, 50, 50, right? right? How long do you want to go? Because some of them didn't even enter the promised land, right? So it's not about necessarily the time that talks about tribulation because it can be short, 13 years, 25 years, 40 years, lifetime. So when we look at tribulation, we really want to see how God is going to work here. And the keeper of the prison committed everything. And I went way, I'm sorry, I told you I wasn't going to do this, but yeah, I did it again. Uh, verse 22 there. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph Hand all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever they, they did, they're doing. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Romans 5. Keep that in mind. Okay, once again, we're rejoicing in tribulation because tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. And I want hope, that's Jesus. Jesus Christ is our living hope. We sung about it. Jesus is our hope. Does not disappoint. If you take a line through DIS and then a point, missed appointment. Okay, hope causes no missed appointments. But without hope, we get a lot of disappointments. Okay, that was free. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So number one, man, I need to hurry. Tribulation produces perseverance. What I can promise about perseverance is you do not need to pray for it. Right? 
Lord, give me patience. Really? You really want that? <laughs> right? How about you just let it naturally produce instead of saying, Lord, <laughs> help me to be patient. Beep, beep, ah, do it right. No, right? Help me to have more perseverance. Okay? <laughs> you don't have to pray for perseverance. I mean, for tribulation, it will come. But if you focus on God, the perseverance will grow in you and will produce that character that you need. That no matter what the situation, you'll respond the way God wants you to respond. Don't mean you won't make mistakes. Just ask Joseph. He shouldn't have went into there, you know, and gave her the opportunity to grab his coat and go. We could say, well, he shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right? John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. <laughs> but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. James 1, 2 and 3 says it too. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Depending on the translation you might have, if you have an NIV version, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Same thing here, okay? But keep this in mind. Trials, short. Tribulation, long. Trial, short. Tribulation, long. Genesis 40, first one. <laughs> Sorry, George. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. This is a story I taught reference to earlier, right? He's speaking to the butler here, here, butler here, because the butler got favor and and was promoted, and the baker there was no rising in his future. Still didn't get it, okay? Because he was beheaded. <laughs> When it is well with you, say, okay, you're promoted, you're getting out of prison, you're going back to serve uh, the Pharaoh. When you get to him, man, get a good word for me. Tell him, tell him how good I am. Tell him that I can interpret his dream that he's been struggled with. See, the Lord gave the Pharaoh a dream, and it, it was causing him such distress. He's like, man, I need an interpreter for these dreams. And the butler's like, knows Joseph can do it. And the butler's like, why? Because the script, Genesis, well, Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews and also have done nothing here that they should put me in the dungeon. Maybe. Genesis 40, 23. Remember, he just planted the seed. He just said, hey, remember me, man. You're getting free, but remember how good I was to you? right? You needed a Debbie snack, I gave you one. You know, you needed a soup, I gave you some noodles, right? I gave you some noodles, right? <laughs> you know, took care of you, man. And, and remember me, get, put a good word so I can get out, of the, get out of this prison. How's that work out, right? Genesis 40, 23, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And you think, man, how disrespectful is that? Well, I want you to put, look at the full picture here. So many times we just read the story and think, man, that dude wasn't cool. Keep going. The Lord gave the dream to Pharaoh to cause his distress, to cause Pharaoh to say, I need someone to interpret this dream. That was Joseph. Joseph should have said, okay, because he talked to the baker and he talked to the butler and he says, you're going to die. You're going to be promoted. He should have just ended it there. 
right? Because it's not about his situation. When you're in a situation, it's not about you in that situation. It's what God is doing through you in that situation, not to necessarily bless you, but so you can be a blessing to other people, right? Because since you're just because you're going through something doesn't mean that you should stop ministering. Since you're going through something, you're like, Lord, I know it's all about me, right? Help me. Then I'll be a blessing. Hmm. One of the hardest things to do if you're going through something, start ministering to someone going through that same struggle. If you have a loved one that's sick, start praying for a loved one that's sick. If you're getting ready to, to lose your job or be let go from your job, pray for someone else about that. Just don't, oh, Lord, help me not to lose my job. Help me, to, right? Start praying for someone else. Watch how that stuff works out, right? Because see what you're doing there, say, Lord, I know you're going to take care of me. I know you're going to take care of me because of your promises. I know you take care of me because you started to breathe again. Your dead body started to breathe again. You came to life. You moved a stone. You walked out. I know what you said you're going to do for I trust you in that. Lord, help this other person. The chief butler did not remember him. Number three, character produces hope. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And I would capitalize thee there, I mean Jesus. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you put your hope in the wrong thing, your heart's going to be sick. It's going to be in torment. You're not going to know how to handle the, handle the situation. But when your heart's right, when Jesus is in your heart, when the Holy Spirit dwells there, and you know his promises, you know his, his word, you know his hope, you know that in this world you will face troubles. When you, when you know that, that, but fear not because he has overcome the world. And then the first chapter one, chapter one of Revelation, chapter two of Revelation, it says he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes. And it's just saying he overcomes. Why? Because you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony about his salvation for you. That's how you overcome your situation. So when you're in it, you focus on that. And all of a sudden it's not self-centered. It's Christ-centered and what you're producing out produces life in others. And that's your hope, right? To live is for Christ. To die is to gain, right? Paul waited 13 years. And then when he went off, boy, what a fun time he had, right? Whipped 39, 39 times, five times, okay? Uh, Christ once, Paul, five. He was shipwrecked. He was bit by a snake. He was stoned, right? And they only stop throwing the rocks when they think you're dead, right? They don't throw a few times. <laughs> no, that was good. Okay, see ya. Don't do that again. No, they stone you until you're laying there and they think you're dead. You're covered in rocks. And they left. And yet his life was spared, right? This great life Paul had, had oil poured on, him, poured on top of him, right? He had a thorn in his side. Some say this is why. Men, do not use that. Okay. <laughs> right? Just seeing if you're listening. Right? And yet, what did Paul do all this time? When he kept getting thrown in prison, kept being thrown in prison, kept being thrown in prison. He was getting ready to kill him. But then he said, hey, I'm a Roman. Okay. Right? Thrown in prison. Unjustly. Thrown in prison. And yet, he kept ministering. And what did ministering do in Paul's situation? The earthquake came. The chains were broken. The doors were put open. 
the guards were scared. So much so they're like, are you still in there? Right? Asking the prisoners. <laughs> yeah, here, boss. <laughs> Those are some good prisoners. Right? <laughs> and I hope you're seeing it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree, capital T. Jesus is a tree of life. Number four, hope produces appointments. Not disappointments, but appointments. Romans, Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only that, but we also glory in the tribulations. Once again, glory. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, because Jesus will never disappoint you. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Genesis 40. Six through seven. And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of the Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? When Joseph went into the Pharaoh's room, he knew the dreams that Pharaoh had been struggling with. God had already given him the answer to Pharaoh's problem. So could you look at it this way? That God will use our mistakes and the world's anger and Satan's plan to steal, kill, and destroy you. God's favor will rest upon you and see you through the pit. We'll see you through the prison and see you and raise you up to serve an ungodly master so you can bring the truth to the Pharaoh and become second in charge in all the land so you can take that same truth to your family to your friends to the church and I guarantee, you'll hear the rest of the story. But I guarantee, Joseph would never say, Lord, I would just wish I could avoid it all that so I'd never have to go through it. Because I know in doing so, I wouldn't have to go through this pain. But my family and friends and country would be lost. I promise you it's worth it. It's worth it to go through the struggles. It's worth it to go through the pain. It's worth it to go through the prison so that you can go from pain to purpose and let his purpose go through you to affect others. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, and we thank you for being such a good and loving God. And Father God, I pray for each person here today and may we please stand that each person here today Lord that as they're standing I just pray that that you speak to their minds in a way that they will listen Father God and that their heart respond in a way that you can only make a heart respond to say I know the tribulation that you have gone through
I know the testing of your faith. I know the hurts, the pains, and the doubts, and that they will hear your voice and saying, let me show you your purpose. And that they will surrender all those things to you as they come to the altar, as they come to your throne. Lay them at your feet and accept you as their Lord and Savior. Discover their purpose today and walk in your risen victory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.